0: There might not be a question that I get asked more often than, which of Pittsburgh's three teams will be the next to win a championship? My answer is the same every single time, and it hasn't changed for years. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacovich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer... Daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. And if you do check out those other two daily shots on a regular basis, as I often hear from a lot of you, and I'm grateful for that, do, you'll know that I shoot it pretty straight on all three teams. And you'll also know that I just spent a week out in California covering the Penguins. And you'll know further that I'm in Bradenton, Florida right now covering the Pirates' spring training. So the subject pops to mind, to say the least. Since the Penguins happen to be in some pretty dire straits, and I'm talking about for the foreseeable future, and the Pirates are, not to be mean, but they've got some promise, they've got some potential, but they're the Pirates, and they're playing in a non-cap league where they'd have to have Every single one of the stars align. And if it sounds like I'm headed toward that answer, that anybody who would press Daily Shot of Steelers, as their primary podcasting option on this particular morning, might hope to hear, yeah, it's the Steelers. It has to be the Steelers. And that's not wishful thinking on my part, nor do I see it as imminent. But I do see a lot of different things converge that favor them. I'm going to start with one that's really got nothing to do with them, and that is that there is no league like the National Football League that allows for quick turnarounds. There's no league that allows or affords the chances for a team to get better faster than the NFL does. What looks to you and me right now like Holes at this position or that position can be changed with the snap of a finger because there's a significant amount of cap space for most teams, but especially those teams that don't have to pay 30 or 40 million dollars to a quarterback, much less, oh, let's say 45 million to Daniel Jones in New York to save another subject for another day. You've got Kenny Pickett on a rookie contract. You've got Mitch Trubisky on a, but it's, it's kind of a pricey backup deal. But that also can be either restructured or extended to become more palatable. It leaves the Steelers in what's actually now an optimal position. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? respect rigor relevance that's the point park pledge you'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready relevant skills visit pointpark.edu to learn more from the cap slash payroll perspective someday they're gonna have to pay kenny and when that bill comes due you're gonna see a lot fewer possibilities but right now He's young, energetic, can bounce right back up from a big hit. And you know what? He's only entering his second season in the NFL and his first full season, not to mention his first full off season as an NFL starter. He's going to get better and he's still not going to cost much. Najee Harris is going to get better as we saw over the course of the past season. And he's still not gonna cost much. You see where I'm going here. The money all went to the other side of the ball. Everyone loves to complain about that. Highest paid defense, highest paid defense. But that that's just that's just where it flowed. That's where the age went. But even there, even there, you're gonna see, I think, improvement. In large part because you won't be dealing with a Devin Bush and you're going to have somebody replace him who's at least a competent NFL inside linebacker. And if Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin do what I hope they do on that side of the football in terms of keeping Terrell Edmonds, keeping Cam Sutton, keeping Larry Ogunjobi, is that getting a little greedy? Then you're going to see a pretty good defense over there because of so, so much of what went wrong. Defensively, and by the way, there wasn't that much that went wrong in the second half, was just because of the inside linebacker play. So tell me what I'm missing here. A big star on the offense? Maybe that's George Pickens. Maybe Matt Canada can spend the entire summer attempting to concoct plays in which the football will be thrown toward Pickens. Crazy idea, I know. But imagine if it occurred. Picture the offense if it only got better to the the modest gradual degree that was seen over the second half. And you know what I'm talking about. It didn't happen by leaps and bounds. You'd see one really good finishing drive one week. And the following week, it was a couple of drives. And then another week, they actually got the running game going for pretty much the whole day. That's... What you want to see more of. It's what you need to see more of. But if you get that combined with a defense that's naturally tended toward takeaways, that's naturally tended toward lots of sacks and splash and everything else. Hey, remember, my bar here isn't who's the Super Bowl favorite. It's which of the three Pittsburgh teams has the best chance to be the next champion. And that answer almost always is the Steelers, and it remains the Steelers. And what might matter most, there wasn't a whole lot this past season that would dissuade the notion. Not if you were paying attention, and not if you saw, how does Mike Tomlin put it, that upward arrow. When we come back, J1Q. Who's got some bite to him here. Randy asks, did anyone ever think that Chase Claypool would be this big of a contributor to the 2023 Steelers? No. No. But you know what? Everyone seems to look at that trade as nothing other than an opportunity to make fun of the Bears. As if that's a novel concept. But the Steelers' own management, Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin need to get their share of credit for making this move. They could have just stuck it out with Claypool. And this applies doubly to Tomlin since he was way more involved in the draft that brought Claypool in. He could have just said, you know what, I'm not ready to give up on this guy. Uh, we thought the world of him just a couple of years ago and..." He was making those catches, uh, big play catches, looked like he was going to be the next big thing for us, like a Mark Tavis Bryant type. And he could have tried to save some face regarding the draft and didn't. Didn't. By all accounts, the Bears came calling. Steelers said second rounder. Bears said yes. And the Steelers went, okay. (laughs) That was probably the extent of the conversation. What's more is the next opportunity that we had, reporters, to talk to Tomlin, the subject came up, and Tomlin, rather than saying, "Uh, I don't know, You, you can do all kinds of spin scenarios there, change of pace, we believe in the player, whatever, he just said it was a value proposition, as if he had just traded in his lawnmower for, I don't know, A future lawnmower. (laughs) I was going somewhere with that. I wasn't sure where. But he didn't even bother tiptoeing around it. He just said it was a value proposition. We looked at the value they were offering. We gave up the player. He didn't feel the need to go along with some of the popular notions at the time that, well, this is it. They're giving up on the season. Because the season wasn't going to go anywhere anyway. It was nice that they made it to the end. It was nice that they tried to compete, you know, and needed some mathematical outside help to make it happen there. But it really wasn't going to amount to anything other than a trip to somewhere that was going to get you, you know, your brains beaten out like happened the previous year with Kansas City. They made it. Yay. Now what? Okay. Here's whatever that score was 45 to 24 or whatever, something ridiculous at Arrowhead. They went with the value proposition. And if you think you like it now, just wait until draft day. Just wait until they're going to be sitting there holding the 32nd pick, the de facto last pick of the first round, since Miami had to forfeit theirs. And just wait until we get closer to the draft and you're thinking not in terms of which one player would you want, not which two players would you want, but which three, three players. In the top 49 overall on this planet, you want to add to the Steelers. and Swinging back to the subject that I started with today, that is not a small factor in what I'm saying. Because if the Steelers were to draft well, and bearing in mind there are hits and misses for everybody, if they were to draft well and had guys come in who could make an immediate difference, especially, not that this is why you draft, but If it works out this way, especially at positions of immediate need, where they could at least just fortify it or show you something that they can get on the field. I'm going to give you an example here. Defensive line is probably the best one. It's really hard for a defensive lineman to get out onto the field right away as a rookie in the NFL. It's not impossible, obviously, but it's hard. And you're not talking about one of the top five, top ten picks. But if they can do just well enough to get out there and make a difference for you, and maybe even do some of the gimmicky stuff that we saw with DeMarvin Leal. Mark Robinson's obviously not a defensive lineman. He was used in some similar settings, uh, particularly in the game in Baltimore. That's, That's where your team gets stronger both right away and in the future. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.